All right. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb. And I'm Hoyt. And joining us yet again, we have... Trevor. He is, once again, the first member of the electric duo of our band Priority One. And the second member has a mic this week. Hey, Andrew. Hello. Glad that uh, the folks can hear you loud and clear like they couldn't hear you loud and clear before. But loud and clear. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. You got so, you got to say loud so enunciated that you say loud. loud. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. All right. Hoy, you feeling heretical today? No. Good. Because I have a banger <laughs> of a Hoyt's heresy for you this week. Let's hear it. Who's it by first? Paula White Kane. You know... Paula... White. White. Kane. Um, so... First of all, female pastor with a double last name, hyphenated, indicating that she didn't want to drop her maiden last name. Anyway, whole other topic of conversation. She tweeted a photograph that says... Let me see the photograph. Oh, the the photograph just says this. Yes, it just says this. You will see the goodness of the Lord now. With the main body of the tweet saying, I declare a shift to every area of your life, not in alignment with the promises of God. You will see the goodness of God You'll see the goodness of the Lord now, exclamation mm. point, in the name of Jesus, with no punctuation at the end of Jesus. Hmm. So she declares it. Yes. So she has the authority. That's, how, that's, that's what it sounds like. That's what, that's what I'm getting from that. That's huh. certainly the way it seems. Maybe she's so, taking the, all authority has been given to me and I will give it to whom I will. And running with it. I mean, that seems how she read it. But wait. It's just heretical or hermeneutical. Very heretical. <laughs> Give us your breakdown, good buddy. So, um, it's very, like, man-centered. Just saying, uh, it kind of goes into what I've talked about before, how, uh, um, Matt Chandler talked about at Code Orange Revival, mm-hmm. how you kind of weave yourself into the stories, like you're yeah. the hero, you know? Um, I feel like you, we could say this about all of them, but it's going to be a recurring theme. It, it will be a recurring thing for sure. Uh, but to give yourself the own authority that only God moves in people's lives like that, I would say is heretical. And this is another big thing too. It's like, okay, what are we calling a promise of God? Yes, are we calling yeah. a promise of God something that I want to happen? Like, like Andrew's saying, like, uh, We've been given that authority, so like I'm going to declare this to be uh, a promise of God. You know, is this who, who decides what a promise of God is? Because what if a promise of God is that I'm going to be literally crucified for Christ's name? It leaves sake? it open for interpretation. Yeah, it leaves it open for interpretation. Yeah. So, like, if I'm if I'm being promised by God that I'm going to die for His namesake, then I'm less likely to pray for that mm-hmm. as a human. Mm-hmm. Um. But when you frame it this way and it looks like every good and great thing in life is a promise of God and nothing that isn't good and great by our standards is a promise of God, well then, of course, I'm only going to pray for the promises of God because God wants nothing for me other than health, wealth, and prosperity. Mm-hmm. So, you guys are no. And that's the resounding no, but the the saddest part of it all is is that unbelievers walk into those churches every week and their souls are, I mean, they're they're already dead, being unbelievers, but uh, they're more attacked 
and preyed on by these types of people who don't preach the word and they become even more jaded to God's promise because that's now their the way they see Christianity and the way that they see the Bible. And they end up reading the Bible like I talked about. They infuse themselves into the story yeah. as if it's about them. Because scripture's about you instead of God. Right. And that kind of brings us to like our big topic of conversation for today. Um, a while back, I guess it was about a year ago at this point, I was just scrolling through TikTok and I saw a video. Uh, it was one of these motivational speakers disguised as a pastor talking about Simon of Cyrene. And this guy from uh, Cyrene was coming down to... Well, I guess coming up is the phrase for Jerusalem because Jerusalem is a city on a hill. Right. He went up to Jerusalem for the Passover, and he was the guy that uh, carried the cross for Jesus after Jesus physically couldn't carry the cross anymore. Indeed. So this pastor's, well, the quote-unquote pastor is hyping Simon up, hyping Simon up, talking about how great he is and how um, God put him in that situation because he knew that he could handle it. Uh and this kind of falls into the lie of God will never give you more than anything you can handle. Mm. And it also speaks to like, okay, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, God needed me. Right. Yeah. You know, this idea that uh, one, God is putting me through this trial because he knows I'm going to succeed. And two, God needed me to get this done because this had to happen. So a couple of things. As far as God putting you in a trial because he knows he knows that you'll succeed, that's not a trial. That's not a trial. There's if there's no chance that you can make it through this trial that you're going through, then it's then it's not a trial. Mm-hmm. It's like grace and works. As soon as you incorporate works into grace, then it's not grace anymore. Mm-hmm. And then on the other note, God does not need you for crap. No. God has never needed anyone for anything. All your works are filthy rags. Yeah. Um, That was Paul, by the way. Yeah. The the reality of the situation is is like there's a ton of people in Jerusalem for the Passover. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet Simon was not the only guy that could have carried a 300 pound cross. Right. There's a very real possibility that he was not the only one there. There's bound to be some sort of farmer and there is Jack City. (sighs) Yes, Jack City. <laughs> so the the reason scripture tells us this, the reason that Simon was there was him and his sons got saved because of this. Right. And we can make the assumption that his wife did too. Uh well we don't really know anything about his wife. If she was alive and there, then we can assume that she was saved as well. But they were there so that they could get saved. Um that's that's the eternal weight in the situation. Nothing else really matters. So this there's a couple issues here. The the lie that God will never give you more than anything that you can handle comes from a misinterpretation of First Corinthians ten thirteen, which is the verse that talks about uh, God has not given you any temptation that uh, you cannot overcome, mm-hmm. and that He will always provide a way of escape. So like, there's no temptation that has ever come that has ever taken you that is not common to man. Like, it, so what what these uh, false teachers do is they take this idea of okay, God's never gonna put us in a situation where we can't be tempted beyond our where we can be tempted beyond our ability and say okay, God's never gonna give me more than I can handle. Yeah. 
Temptation wise, that's technically true. But as far as life goes, that's not true at all. Because ultimately what God wants is for us to be in a relationship with him. And the best way for us to stay in a relationship with Christ is to be fully reliant on him through everything. And if we're, and if we're just like, okay, I'm not going to really, if God's never going to give me more than I can handle, then why do I need God? Mm-hmm. Why would I ever need God? Um, just to quote a little bit of uh, Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Okay. So and basically what this says is unless God ordains it to happen, it is not going to happen. So did God give Simon the gifts necessary to carry that cross? Yes. Could everyone have done it? No. Uh, not everyone could have carried that cross uphill like that. But God gave Simon these gifts for a very distinct reason. And that distinct reason was that if, and I, like, we can't speak to this because we don't know what would have happened or not. But if Simon doesn't carry that cross, does Simon and his children get saved? We don't know. But we do know for a fact that because Simon was put in that situation with his sons there, that they did get saved. So that speaks to the, one that that shows how cool God's divine plan is for our lives, that these situations that we're put in, and I know I'm getting kind of preachy, but I don't really care. These are situations. That's what this podcast is for, Kenneth. Yeah, I guess do technically it, it is. Just yeah. go for it. These situations that were put in, even though like they may suck in the moment, it's like okay, God has something so much better planned for my life for the future. Right. Like that. That's a guarantee. But I'm going to be fully reliant on God to get me through this because I can't get through it on my own. If we take the idea of God's never going to put me in a situation that I can't handle, God's never going to give me more than I can handle, then we put ourselves at the focal point and we we be, ourselves become the hero. Um, Correct. And ultimately, what this this is beyond like some level of pride. This is this is like hardcore idolatry of ourselves, self idolatry, and. We, we may not see it like this as much in today's day and age, but one of the ways we do see it is this big societal push for self-love. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've kind of, I've gotten less shy about being open and honest about this one as I've gotten older because I see it more and more and more, especially in the church, which is a problem. So in case you've been living under a rock, uh, the big push, the big worldly push for self-love has been around for a few years now. Like, I, I understand why people of the world um, feel this way. Because they don't know the love of Christ. They don't know what it means to be satisfied by the love of Christ. But we as Christians do. I do know what Scripture says about this. I know that Luke 9.23 says, If anyone should follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. I don't know about you, but like, it's kind of hard for me to deny myself and love myself at the same time. Just me, you know? And then I know that second Timothy three 15, um, th- uh, second th- Timothy three, uh, it's somewhere in verse one through five. I should probably pull that up. That'd be a good idea. Maybe I'm, so. I'm not going to, I'm not going to misquote scripture. That'd be a bad idea. Don't want to do that. 
Wait, say something smart while I'm pulling it up. Um, and it kind of just goes back to the thing of, you know, um, like the, the Bible is a salvific book. Um, it, everything, every verse word in there, in its context, and everything about the Bible should point to Jesus and should point to the gospel. And if it doesn't do that, um, a that person is probably not preaching. They're probably trying to appeal to their audience because um, it's an audience at that point. It's not a congregation anymore because you're doing nothing to shepherd God's people. Um, really just that point, you know. Um, yeah, Trevor, yeah. do you want to add anything? I think y'all are just hitting it like right on the head. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Trevor's think, a yeah. simple man. Like, 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 just a snow cone on a hot day would please him. You like know, the snow cone isn't processed in a factory that contains tree nuts. <laughs> <laughs> if the surf in it, yeah. Thank you for that, Trevor. All right, so 1 Corinthians 2, chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Uh, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. And this is the first one mentioned in a series of unfortunate characters. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and a whole laundry list of things that you really should not strive to be. But the first one mentioned was lovers of self. Mm. Okay, so Hoyt, off the top of your head, can you think about of a couple of reasons why we should not be lovers of ourselves? Why this might be important? Say something smart while I'm trying to pull up... Uh Trevor, could you think of a couple of reasons why it would be important for us not to be uh, focused on loving ourselves? Well, what you just mentioned in Luke 9, if we loved ourselves more than we loved the mission of Christ, then why would we pick up our cross? Exactly. And that's the first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, if I'm concerned about loving myself and making sure that I feel loved by myself, then who am I depriving? I'm depriving my ability to... Uh, love others and I've gotten into this argument a few times with people okay so but but one of the greatest commands is to love your neighbor as yourself but that's not a command to love yourself that's an observation that you do love yourself that's an observation that you are already concerned with your own self-esteem and self-worth and everything and that you're investing your own time into making yourself feel better about these things that it's not it's not a command it's an observation all right you love yourself i know that you do because you're a simple human being like no no one in this room is exempt from this like we we all love ourselves more than we should exactly the command is to love your neighbor as yourself which if we're being honest we all struggle with and if you are so hyper focused on making sure that you are loving yourself then you are well past the point of self-love. You're venturing into the area of idolatry because you're actively depriving. Well, you're, you're depriving others of the love of Christ because you're not able to show them the love of Christ when you're focused on loving yourself. You're just saying, you know, you know, do you or whatever, but a common one, and this gets to the scripture. I was just, I'm about to say, um, and it is one, just one verse, but it's um, not taken out of context because it's pretty straightforward, uh, is you'll hear mostly from 
these types of people who will who talk about or encourage people to to love themselves they'll say follow your heart here's what the bible has to say about the heart good old jeremiah jeremiah 17 9 the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it period wicked and deceitful rather it ends in an exclamation point but period on the statement you know, that that's and we we could go on a laundry list of topics as far as like uh, lies that the world sells us that have infiltrated the church. This is one of many. This is one of many. Um, follow your heart is another big one. I've working do nows and working camp. This is a topic that has come up over and over and over again. I'll ask a tricky question about like okay. How do you know which direction you need to go in your life? And one of my kids will inevitably say, follow your heart. And well, these kids are somewhere between the ages of like 8 and 12. They've heard this on TV. They've heard this in movies and everything. But we, and we have, as Christians, have not done a great job about this, mm-hmm. making sure that the world is not infiltrating our thought processes with these kind of things. So... When we hear on TV or in a movie, follow your heart, we're forgetting, oh, wait, we we still have the same sinful flesh that we have before Christ saved us, before we were saved. We still have the same uh, wicked thoughts and desires that we had before we were saved. You know, Paul, Romans chapter 7 is Paul's, uh, Paul's writing to the Romans about how he's still wrestling with this as a mature Christian himself. In First John verses eight and ten, talk about how uh, if anyone says he is without sin, then he is a liar, and he makes God a liar. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm not I'm not too overly fond about the idea of making the creator of the universe a liar. No. So bringing that to the point, we as Christians have to be super, super, super careful not to let the world write our theology for us. Because once we get it in our head that we need to trust our heart, all of a sudden we're trust. If we're trusting our heart, then we're trusting ourselves over what the Word of God says, and that's a pretty shady place to be. Um, I, and I don't know about y'all, but like compared to Christ, I'm not that trustworthy. Gonna keep it. Gonna keep it a buck fifty. Like it, it's it's a rough spot to be in. What you think, Trev? Agreed. Sorry. I had a I had a thought formulating and it, it's in here somewhere. But Hoyt, if you have something pulled up, um, I don't have anything pulled up. But I mean, Caleb preached. <laughs> he I did. Really did. I really got on a soapbox and just hung out there for like fifteen minutes. But it'd be like that sometimes, yeah. You know? Be that way. They say it don't, but it do. I was uh. I was actually looking for this uh, verse in this song that I saw with uh, Brandon Lake, who sings with Elevation in Bethel, and they were singing some song. Um, y'all, y'all riff while I try to find this real quick. Um, yeah, Brandon Lake's a heretic. Yeah, I actually don't know that much about Brandon Lake. I'm, I'm kind of feeling as a worship pastor right now. He's, well, he's this been that this will this will push you over. To one side. Well, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Me and me and Trevor have talked about this a good bit recently. When we met together for the first time as a band at the beginning of the semester, like at the beginning of the fall semester, 
I kind of just laid out my vision of where this was going. And one of the things that I hammered on like super hard was it is so important to me that the words, that the lyrics to the songs that we sing, the songs that we play are biblically sound and theologically inspired. And they're not shallow and especially not heretical because we're in a very precarious spot to where, yes, we have to play, we have to play uh, songs that are enjoyable to listen to. We have to play them well. Like I, I don't want to get up there and just, uh, just not not play anything that sounds good. But we have to be put in a spot. We're we're being put in a spot where we have to be super careful about what we sing and what we play because we're leading people in worship. And if we can't genuinely worship ourselves in that moment, then we're doing a terrible job. Absolutely. And you got to keep in mind, this is also in the context. This was like in August or September. This would have been like end of August, beginning of September. Yeah, of 2021. Um, at that point, I had been involved in worship music, contemporary Christian like music at my church, at different events, things like that for four plus years at this point. And had never really viewed it in that sense, especially when it gets to the point of... Okay, well, yes, if you are singing and, like, your lyrics are contrary to biblical values, like, that is one thing that's, like, an instant, like, oh, okay, we shouldn't be doing that. But even shallow music, very vague music, things that don't point to really any direction, um, it really made me self-reflect. And this was the point I was going to get at earlier. This is uh, whenever you were talking about uh, making sure that the world doesn't influence um our understanding of the Bible. This is why I feel like having that quiet time and having that reflection time with you and God is so, 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 so important. And it's one of those things, as a pre-med kid myself, and Caleb can attest to this, sometimes it's, it do be a little difficult. It's rough. It is. Uh, but it's one of those things that you have to constantly press into every day. And so that was kind of the point that I was going to make. Yeah, and I, so. I didn't realize that... Uh, it wasn't until like we were talking after the D now, um, when we were riding back from uh, Eupora back to Starkville, and you said the words to me, it has been so refreshing to be able to go up there and play and sing and lead worship with a clear conscience. To know beyond a shadow of a doubt that every word that we're singing, every word that we're playing, or every note that we're playing, is leading to the honor and glory of God, as opposed to, I'll be honest with you, like, Reckless love does not have some of the best theology in the world. Nope. Oceans does not have some of the best theology in the world. And for reasons like that, I don't touch Bethel and Elevation with a 10-foot pole. Because not only is a lot of their stuff just like blatantly heretical, it's super shallow if not heretical and does not do a great job of inspiring worship straight up. So... That being said, that kind of gets into the territory of like, okay, do you separate the art from the artist? Yes, to a degree, I think you have to. There are some Hillsong songs that we play a good bit. but Some of my favorites. Yes, but I don't think... I, 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 I'm like 98.7% sure that y'all understand. Like I have absolutely scraped those songs apart beginning to finish and checked to make sure that they are biblically sound. Um, because like God has really put this on my heart that I am not 
if this was if I was gonna get up there and just play a bunch of songs that sound really good, Reckless Love would be the top of the list. Oceans would be the top of the list because they're they are beautiful songs. They are. And they're talented Corey Asbury. You know what else is a beautiful song, Caleb? Stairway to Heaven. Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. But we're not gonna play that. We're not gonna play that either. Yeah. Um Rap God is a very cool song. song. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great song. But I'm Under the sure Bridge. That, Under the Red Bridge Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Adele song. That one too. Water Under the Bridge. Beautiful, beautiful songs. Not going to inspire worship very much. No. At least at least not biblical worship. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Hoyt. Okay, so um this kind of goes to the the heresy of the week. The same uh premise. But since it's, I think it's pretty convenient that we're talking about worship music now. This is from Brandon Lake featuring, I mean, uh, Maverick City Music and Brandon Lake. Um, I understand people have some feelings about Maverick City Music, but I would suggest to those people, let's look at the content of the worship before we... Phenomenal musicians. Yeah. Yeah. John Mayer's a phenomenal musician, too. Yes, he is. But uh, these are the lyrics to this, and I want y'all, if you're listening, to form your opinion about this and just see if this is biblically true and if it's biblically 100% true because these people, they take half the Bible and baptize it with culture so it sounds relevant to appeal to an audience. And when I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. This is called Champion. You're going to have to uh, repeat that. You're messing with the... Oh, I'm sorry. How about this now, Andrew? That's better. It's not crackling. Okay, cool. Andrew, you're fired. Um, I'm just kidding. So this song is called you Champion. You don't have that authority? I don't. That's God you. Not giving it to, God has not given it to That's us. my authority, good sir. I you guys, you're basically us. singing the song. no okay so it says and when i lift my voice and shout every wall comes crashing down i have the authority parentheses hey i'm not gonna do the parentheses um i have the authority that jesus has given me and when i open my mouth miracles start breaking out i have the authority that jesus has given me when i lift my voice and shout every wall comes crashing down i have the authority that jesus has given me Said the same thing. Um, and when I open my mouth, miracles start breaking out. I have the authority. When I, that Jesus has given me. Oh, when I open my mouth, when I open my mouth, miracles start breaking out. I have the authority that Jesus has given me. Okay, so from from a worship standpoint, that, that what has what that done to point someone to Christ? We do a lot... I, I about scared the crap out of myself pushing that table over. <laughs> um, as someone that I, I would say spends a lot of time being diligent about arranging set lists for leading worship, I can attest to this. We we play a lot of hymns. There's a reason, as far as a contemporary worship set goes, like we do at least one a week because for the I don't know, there's some shady hymns out there. But by and large, hymns do a phenomenal job of pointing the singer, uh, the worshiper, to Christ. Uh, pointing away from me as a sinful individual 
and pointing to Christ. And if the song is about me, it's about how wretched I am and how much of a savior I need, how great of a savior I need and how great that savior is in Christ. The line that really stuck out with me from when we played that D now was, uh, um, what should I gain from his reward? Yeah. Yeah. The Stuart Townsend song. Yeah. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. Yeah. Um, that, that line is about me, Mm -hmm. but, it's not in a, it's not in a very appealing light. No. You know, uh, why why should I gain from the reward that uh, Christ has earned? You know, Christ has earned the reward of sitting at the right hand of, of the throne of God. Um, why should I gain from the work that He has done? I I don't deserve any of that. You know, and there's nothing that I can do to earn or deserve that. But th- like, there's a I I wouldn't consider a lot of what Stuart Townsend does as hymns, but they're phenomenal theologically sound songs by and large and Christ alone. I wouldn't really consider that a hymn, but it's a, it's a great song mm. that points to like, okay, the song's called in Christ alone. Favorites. In Christ alone, I can only do all these things, right? You know, it's in Christ alone that I can achieve salvation. It's, uh, it's the song about the life, death and resurrection of Christ, which in is Christ alone that you choose salvation. We're not getting into reformed theology today. Hoyt. <laughs> we're not getting into reformed theology. I just, I just want a verse that says we choose God. I just want one. <laughs> just one. I want a verse that says six times eight is 48. That the Bible is a salvific book. It's not an engineering book. That's okay. It's be, never mind. We'll come back to that later. Um, Andrew's going to cut that. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> that 15 seconds of us just staring at each other. Yeah. <laughs> the listener's going to wonder if the episode's over and we just do an outro. They'll probably turn it off. They're like, oh, I guess it's done. Um, but there's just kind of bring it full circle. We as, and this has gotten progressively worse like in our lifetime. We've been able to observe it firsthand. Right. With uh, social media blowing up in our lifetime before our very eyes. Christian influencers don't do a great job about this. Um, Christian influencers kind of fall into the same boat of uh, making the gospel about us. Like, look what Christ did. Yes, look what Christ did for us, but like God loved you. And yes, God loved you this much that he would do this amazing, wonderful thing for you. But like, it's, it's less about the beauty and what Christ has done for you as much as it is about how valuable you must be that Christ would do this for you. Right. Like you, like, yes, I know that you as an individual have value because of what Christ did for you. Whereas what these influencers are saying, you have value. That's why Christ did this for you. Mm-hmm. And that's that dichotomy is so important that it be arranged in the right way. Like, okay, you as another human being have value because I know that Christ died on the cross for you and all of your sins. So he can spend eternity with you and that salvation is being freely offered to you. That's why you have value. Christ did not die for you because you are valuable to him. Does God love you? Absolutely. Yes. But what makes you valuable as a human being is that is what Christ has done for you. And Christ did not do what he's done for you because you are inherently valuable. Now, are you inherently valuable? Yes, you are a child made in the image of God. But that's not the reason that Christ did that. And I'm going to keep talking forever unless one of y'all starts saying something. <laughs> we are as an earthen vessel. 
carrying the glory of God. That's the only reason we have worth is what I think you're going to get saying is because yeah. we have the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that also kind of gets into a point uh, that I heard from a sermon recently is that um, God is for God before he is for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I actually, I actually so, wrote it down in my notes. Well, so so are we, we seem to forget like Christ's Jesus's first priority, priority one, uh, if you will. You're cracking your knuckles again. I'm aware. I was doing it just for you, Andrew. Christ's priority one is that he was going to honor and glorify God with everything that he was going to do on his, in his time on earth. So Jesus is, did Jesus die on the cross for you? Yes. But Jesus's main reason, reason number one that he went to die on that cross is because it was God's will. It was what the father desired. And Jesus's chief goal on earth was to be obedient to the father and honor and glorify him with everything that he did. And be obedient even to the point of death, even to the point of death. That was Jesus's uh, main reason for dying on the cross. Now, salvation is a nice little side effect of that. I'm very appreciative of it because mm-hmm. I would uh, be in a rough spot without it. Yes. As would That rough everyone. spot would be hell. Yes. Bit of a rough patch there, hell. Bit of, <laughs> bit of a rough patch there. It's true. It's true. I didn't know you were British, Andrew. Uh, yes. Very much British. <laughs> I, and I completely lost the accent there. And I don't know why. <laughs> Lad just pops oh, in yes, and out I'm of it. Very much British I am. But all of this ties back. I just tried to do a British accent and I went full Irish. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> all, all of did this, it work out. All of this ties back to the idea of self-love being idolatrous because all of a sudden, okay, I have value as a human. So Jesus, I need you to die for me because I'm valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, you we're dying without me would be pointless which he needed someone to die for but no no because as we've established the if there was no one in the world to die for but it was god's will that jesus die on that cross yeah, then, it, it then still he would still would have done yeah. it and it still would have taken place so the when i put the focus on me instead of on what christ has done for me then we're playing with some serious fire we're playing with some serious fire, and when you play with fire, you're going to get burned. So, is self-love idolatrous and bogus and um, harmful to the body of Christ? Resounding yes. Resounding yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's almost like we're you know, best friends. That it's like, God like it's the third time you've used resounding it's, on this podcast. And it's almost like <laughs> God elected it in that way, to use a more Calvinistic term. Anyway, um, so I took some notes from this uh, sermon I was listening Please to. Stop messing with that connector. So I fidget. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, people. You you've unplugged yourself twice now. Have I really? Yes. Can like you hear me? A, yes, but all of a sudden, like your so, voice will just completely drop out for an instant. I'll look over and you're just. In there. Oops. Um. So people have taken the term "God is for you." And have formed their whole opinion about the God, about God, and the Bible um, around that before they've actually taken the time to read the Bible and understand God's motive for saving people is that He may get glory. 
Um, it's not because we are so great that God saved us, um, because there's nothing worthy about us that's worth saving. Does that make sense? Um, it's because we are so unworthy and sinful that he saves. Um, so those who are saved may become vessels for his glory and be used to share the gospel in that way that he may become even more glorified. And God is going to be glorified in the end regardless. He'll regardless. be glorified in that he, like he's absolving you of your sins or he'll be glorified in the, in the fact that your sin is going to be punished eternally because he is a just God. He would very much like for it, it is God's desire that no man should perish. Don't get me wrong. But like justice will be done whether or not Christ intercedes on your behalf on the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. See, now you're not yelling at Hoyt for popping his knuckles. I can't hear it as loud as... Really? When you, That's yeah, not his, fair. His mic is much less sensitive than yours. We're still figuring this whole podcast thing out, people. We're doing our best. But hey, you know what? I have noticed To that the eight of y'all out there listening to us, well, we appreciate you. And Andrew, no, there's eight. I've done the numbers. Okay. I was just gonna tell Caleb that the mic we love you away from his face than it was at the beginning. And okay, but I'm a loud person. I have you turned down so I'll that it can be talking. close to your face, and then I won't hear everything. Is this else. better, Andrew? Nerd oh, stuff. that sounds so Nerd much more stuff, like intimate. This is just for you, Andrew. I hope Thanks. no one else. Is so, so right guys, now. whenever guys, you move in like that, you get all of like the hey, Andrew. frequencies. Shut up. <laughs> he just used Hoyt's line. I was speaking to our audience. I was talking. So, to the eight of you out there, we love you and we thank you for tuning in every week. You do good work. Thank you. You you do good work. I was talking to the listener. Oh, oh, sorry. You you do good work listening to us. I know it's a struggle sometimes, but here we are. We've actually had to restart this episode several times. Yeah, we're not great at this yet. I um for the first two episodes I kinda had like a show map of how we wanted things to go. This time, not so much. We're winging it. We're little wing. We're raw here at the we're raw, podcast. Raw. Raw. Trevor, how raw say, are we? say raw, Trevor. Like at least like I would say we're thought out, you know. Ah. We're not like raw to the point where we're like still in the freezer. Yeah. You know. On the contrary, yeah. we're as raw as a baby's butt without any Boudreaux's butt paste on a sandy beach. You and that was said by Caleb Collins. I just put that's a, how raw we are. I just put a mid cut on Trevor's voice, and it sounds so much better. I'm sorry, that was such an amazing thank you, Andrew. That we, I, just we, had to share we, that. I, I was working on describing how raw we are in the sense of a sandy baby butt without any Boudreaux's butt paste. And you had to go ruin it with that. I'm you know what, sorry. Andrew? 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 Just to just to combat Caleb here for a second, I appreciated it. I'm sorry. I'll stop touching the mic. I appreciated what you had to say because it's one of your passions. Thank you. You and can touch the mic all you want, but just up here, just above the threshold. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the threshold. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to carry it across the uh, the yeah. doorway to your bedroom later? Yeah. Yeah, you, you just get married to. Yeah. Hey, that was actually hey, like up. a like a engineering math science term though, like threshold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, lots of different contexts that that word could be used in. Yes, but primarily, when you think of it, 
when I think of threshold, I consider math. Although Hoyt's major is words, so I'm very good at wordsmithing. What does it feel like um, to be the only non-STEM major in a room? I know that happens to you a lot going to He is so much State, better at Wordle than all of us combined. Probably. Um, no. Uh, so, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a communication major. My focus is public relations, but I will be using none of that. And my two years at Mississippi State um, in the classroom was pretty much wasted. Although I've enjoyed all my classes, they've been very nice. But I am going to New Orleans to get my master's. Okay, so comparatively, comparatively, I'm a biomedical engineering major. Yeah, who is going to seminary in New Orleans? Who do you think yeah. wasted more of their time? Well, this is this isn't a, a comparison thing. Um, no, it's not. It's a competition. Well, I'm not competitive, so that is a lie from the pit of hell. <laughs> if 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 Caleb wants to have the more uh, time wasted at Mississippi State, I'll let him have it. I think I earned that one with flying colors. I think we all agree on that one. Yeah. See, God has a sense of humor, people. As we've learned in the first two episodes. Yeah. We've gotten off the rails yet again. It's all good. Hey, we're raw. We're raw. Makes it more interesting the it more does. off the rails we get. That's I'm, I'm going to be... We don't want to get too far off the rails because we've seen how that's gone. <laughs> so yeah. we've talked about like making a Patreon for... Um, the... F- the- beautiful 40 minutes of audio that were recorded before what you're listening to right now well and even that was so unorganized and off the rails that we just scrapped it and started over so we um (laughs) i think like between the three podcasts we probably have like an hour and a half ish of like completely unusable audio some of it wildly 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 unusable so if you would like to pay us obscene amounts of money to have access to these (laughs) audio files feel free to nine of you listening hey when i recorded you're just constantly adding people to the list well we get more listeners every every three minutes go ahead say your thing andrew when when i was recording the podcast that i recorded in high school the calls uh to record were usually about three plus hours long for a 15 minute podcast so if you want to talk about extra audio that just sat there with <laughs> there was a lot of it we can that arrange for andrew we get my voice just cracks so bad <laughs> that, that might kind of hides it though really went through puberty again yeah i can't help that went through a late puberty bro yeah, puberty. puberty. Uh, is it is he the third amigo with an endocrine system problem? <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> that's very funny. But for some reason, I thought you were about to say, is he the third amigo with an NFT? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> CT. I could hear the knocking through my headphones so clearly. <laughs> it resonated so well. It did. And I, I think it was just through Caleb's mic as well. Either that or it, would, it was like um, hey, it's like a drum and you like hit up here and you could hear it like just amplified out of your mouth. It's the acoustics in the cabin. John Mayer's recording his next acoustic album in my head. <laughs> <laughs> For, the, 
let's talk my favorite by the way hold on i just for those who just heard the the knocking sound i just knocked on my head (laughs) and from many years of football and getting smacked on the ground in basketball in one game um i believe i have some form of cte and um there isn't much up there which is why i'm a communication major but continue, Caleb. On the on the, uh, on the notion of John Mayer, one of my favorite. Trevor I'm not lines. knocking commu- communication majors either, or my comm teachers. They're very bright people, and I love all of them. Continue. One of my favorite Trevor lines of all time. We were we were at Slim Chickens talking about John Mayer mm. and the the live in L.A. concert Slim because Chickens. it is up there as far as greatest concerts of all time in my opinion and all of our opinions. Yes, but. You know, the opening song for that concert was Neon. And Trevor said the words, I can't believe that he had the nerve to sit down and play that version of that song to open a two and a half hour concert. For those of you who don't know, that song is impossibly hard to play. Well, One of the hardest. Would you have preferred he play it at the end? I would have just preferred if he wouldn't have been so good. Like, preferably. <laughs> now, to be fair, that album has given me great joy over the years. But By the way, for those listening, we are all, we all play guitar in the room, and this is why we all appreciate Jeff Mayer. Yes. Yes. Um, so, like, I am a, I'm a very, very, very big John Mayer fan. And, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I have seen him play... Neon. I have seen him sing Neon while he plays Neon. It still doesn't make sense. John Mayer is some type of wizard or amphibian. Not human. I can guarantee you that. Him, Mark Zuckerberg, and Jeff Bezos are aliens. This is what it is. I just... Joe Biden's still a lizard, right? Hmm? Joe Biden's still a lizard, right? No comment. We don't get political on the Priority One podcast. Yeah, we except, sorry. Except we stay we away from the politics. Except when we don't. Except when we don't. <laughs> except when we don't. Except when. Except when it is predestined that we will. At some point, it will likely be predestined that we will talk about politics, but it will have everything to do with um, our our mutual faith in our Lord Christ Jesus. Yes. 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 Say yes. Yeah. Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor checked his phone. How disrespectful. I'm I'm having a conversation right now with someone on my personal during, device. Dear, during the podcast. Wow. wow. During the podcast. I, I, I can't say I can't say anything. I've been texting Trevor, my friend. Let you know, me go back to shopping for I really need you to at least pretend like looking you haven't for been a new pedal. for the last two hours. Looking for a one of these that does what two of these doesn't one. <laughs> All right. You know what? We, we've gone on long enough. Hoyt, sign us off, good buddy. Guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Priority One. We'll see you next week. We'll, we'll we'll listen to you. You'll listen to us next week. We won't see you because you're... unless we have video next week. Ooh. Well, even then we won't see them. They'll see us. I've been outdone by the genius of Caleb Collins. Bye. Later. Bye. Adios. I was the last one to speak.